You're listening to Bow Down to Us, the games edition. A gaming podcast for people who want honest opinions by freaks with nothing better to do with their time. Here's Roger and his crew. Alright, so I think today, like, the sneak game for me, the, the one that kind of snuck in after Games Gone was done, was this Death Spank, yet another Death Spank that we're being told is going to be coming out on the 21st of September, which is goddamn soon, and this one is Thongs of Virtue, <laughs> so obviously they're going to keep playing on this, <laughs> and... um it's coming out on the 21st. It's going to be uh, $14.99. And this one here, I'm going to read the the, the the press thing where it says, it centers on Deathspank's journey through a massive war-torn land. So we're going from the fantasy-esque to the post-apocalyptic. Explores the North Pole and the high seas to locate six mystical thongs to bring peace and harmony to the universe. I think it's kind of awesome. It's going to be... <laughs> Interesting what they do with this. I mean, I didn't realize that they were going to be running with this ball as much as they're obviously going to be. It was super popular. That's what happens. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was great. I, I, I can't be angry that they're giving me more awesome. I, I'm going to agree. I mean, I thought the game was absolutely fantastic. I still haven't bought it. I, it's on my buy list. I swear to God, I can't wait till this goddamn site is done. I want to game again. I've, I've, I've been playing a little bit of WoW just in between kind of thing, but even there, barely none to speak of. So I'm dying to play it, and obviously I'll be playing it, and then immediately after the Thongs of Virtue, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, no, I'm I'm happy that they're, they're running with this, and they're they're what they're doing too is they're giving us these inexpensive very fun games that aren't going to take up all of your time for, you know, days on end. It's just a bounce in, play for a while, and then when it's done, it's done kind of thing. So I'm, I'm glad that they're going this route versus giving little, you know, expansions and downloadable content and stuff like that. Yeah, and not only that, but it's, it's an even bigger game than the first one. So you're getting more game for the same price. They said it's 50% larger, which yeah. is good. Yeah, it's going to be very cool. And speaking of downloadable content, however, Mass Effect 2's Lair of the Shadow Broker is going to be coming out on the 7th of September. You know, I'm, I'm actually really excited about that. I'm very you know, excited. I'm looking forward to getting back into that one as well, because I still I haven't finished the game on my Renegade. I finished it on my, you know, ho-hum dude that didn't really choose one side or the other. And I'm having a lot more fun on the Renegade chick that I've been playing. So... Whenever these are coming out now, I'm really looking forward to um, I'm looking forward to being able to do them, taking that complete renegade action and seeing stuff that a lot of people won't see. Yeah, the best part is they said, and this is a direct quote from Bioware, that Lair the Shadow Broker will give fans from Mass Effect One the chance to continue a relationship with Liara, which I can't wait for because as I've mentioned previously. I cheated on Liara. <laughs> Her and Jack are not going to get along very well. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it's going to be interesting to to play this one out. So that is September 7th, folk. And uh, this week, and for before that as well, everything we've been hearing about has been coming from Gamescom. It, granted, a lot of it you won't understand what the hell they're saying <laughs> if you're watching the videos, but we've been getting a ton of information. Like, I mean, a ton of information yes. in regards. Amount. Yeah, like this above and beyond. We're just going to go over some of the, 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 the less important stuff and work our way towards the awesome. 
That was the Gamescom. Yes. So we got a um, release date, potential release date for, or no, sorry. Let's start with the actual release date for Castlevania, which we're looking at October 8th. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and some people are very <laughs> excited about this. Very. Patrick very. fucking Stewart doing voiceover work for Castlevania. Who wouldn't be? Yeah. Actually, you know what? I am. I. That's one of the main reasons too. I really am looking forward to it because he does such a phenomenal job. And then we got some information about Mass Effect Two coming to the PS3. That's uh, in January. That's nothing new though. They hinted about that for a little while, so it's going to be pretty interesting to see. Um, I don't. I. I mean, most. I don't know. If you had a computer, you bought it already. If you had the Xbox, I know some people who got it on the Xbox instead. But really, at this point, are there that many PS3 owners that are dying to get their hands on this game, or is it past its mark? There's about Honest, four of them. You know, honestly, though, with talking about like all the DLC that's available and everything like that, I'm not. I wouldn't be too terribly surprised if it does well i know a lot of people that uh that played mass effect uh you know that would that own just a playstation 3 as their next gen console they don't have like a super pc uh they don't have like an xbox 360 that's all they have so i know a bunch of people that played the original that would love to have this for you know the ps3 so i think it's going to do pretty well in sales it's not going to be the the breakout blockbuster that you know it, it was but it's going to sell really well it's going to move a lot of units i have to think well i don't know i, I was reading an article somewhere it talked about a precedent about this sort of thing with a game that had long-term exclusivity on the 360 and then coming out on ps3 the game they used as an example was bioshock and bioshock i think the number they put out there was sold 10 percent of the units on ps3 as it did on 360 now it sold a crap ton on 360 so 10 percent of that is still a reasonable number but it's not it's not going to be a blockbuster like it was on the 360 i don't think well and you got to take that into account too i mean how many units did mass effect sell let's let's look this up because i'm curious does anybody know off the top of their head or no of course not of course not I'm more than so. 13 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well tarts is saying in chat that she is looking forward to it that's because you only have a ps3 though but it, it, but that that is the the case. So if we're talking to somebody who only has a PS3, then yeah, if they're excited about it, good for them. Uh, it is still a good game. It's definitely worth playing. It's just again, I mean, right around the corner from that is going to be Dragon Age Two. So really, if given the opportunity of playing Mass Effect Two or shortly thereafter Dragon Age Two, which as much as I hate what they're doing with some of it. I'm finding myself kind of excited about some of it because it's going to be Mass Effect, but in a fantasy setting. We're not talking about that yet, though. Maybe well, later. Yeah. We, 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 but uh, just a point I'm trying to make that it's, again, it'll be interesting to see just how well it does in sales. And then I hope that they're not going to be disappointed in the sales and say, well, we're not going to be shipping other stuff to PS3 quite as fast because look at how badly it did. Well, you put them on at the same goddamn time. Now, in terms of... W-T-F. <laughs> that uh, yes. is this. If anybody that, has I... seen the Catherine trailer that came out, nothing embodies. <laughs> what the fuck? Like this. This is ridiculously. It was. It, what the hell is this guy is turning into a sheep in his dreams and then there's like all kinds of action going on too which I okay if you're dreaming that I can appreciate but the this sheep thing 
What what the hell is this? Okay, first of all, who put this in the show notes? This it's you, isn't it? This is Vince. Yeah, I knew it. Okay, Vince, why is this noteworthy? Okay, it's noteworthy for several very awesome reasons. The first of which is at the very beginning of the trailer, the word Atlas pops up. And anything Atlas is involved in instantly has my attention. Catherine is their first uh, HD project coming from the Persona team. And for those of you who remember, Persona 4 was in one of my games of the year last year. So I love the Persona series. So anything coming from that team definitely has my attention. And it's, yeah, pure, pure insanity. (laughs) They've said that it's going to be an adults-focused title, which coming from Japan, and looking at that trailer, there's definitely more than implied sexual activity going on there. And it, yeah, just... Holy what the fuck, Batman. They say that the combat in the game is going to take place in this nightmare world where the main character, Vincent, is for some reason turning into a sheep. Uh, It could be a metaphor for him joining the flock and just going with the flow. But in this nightmare world, he must continue to climb this staircase. And if he doesn't reach the top of the staircase every night before he wakes up, he dies. It's just pure. It's just Apps. I was expecting during all of these sequences at one part that the chick, instead of riding him, would be riding a sheep. It was that bizarre. It was. Yeah. It's just. This is this is why you don't <laughs> fuck with the. This is why you don't fuck with the Japanese man. It was. Yeah. No. Seriously, dude. I saw this and I went, "Oh, who the hell put this in the show notes? Really? Is are is there I'm one of it. us that's going to be? You're buying it? Seriously? I'm buying it. Day one. I'm buying it. You know, it's funny because Vince sent me that video. And he didn't say anything else. He just sent me the link. And I'm at work. So I click the link. <laughs> oh. And I get done with the and I hold on. I get done with the video. And my immediate response is, yeah, Vince is buying this game. <laughs> Sorry, too weird for me. Too weird. And and I mean, consider the source here. But it was just too absolutely bizarre when they're – we've given it too much time already. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> the big news that I absolutely fell in love with, which we we, we found a little bit more, we, we found out some about Torchlight 2 just before Gamescom, but they actually showed a trailer as well here. <laughs> oh, dude, oh. It, it's, oh, I'm actually going to show it here, Stop but it, I got to, I got to turn the volume off. It was awesome though, because yes, I mean, there's the, the, the typical advertising where, you know, you asked for it, so we're giving it to you and all that. But when you're actually looking at stupid goddamn ads, I'm turning that off. Okay. When you're actually looking at the video, when they're showing the multiplayer aspect and you're seeing everybody grouping together, you know, we talked about how much this was like Diablo three or sorry Diablo 2 and how it gave us that same feeling when we were playing it to a certain degree but a large part of what Diablo 2 was was the multiplayer aspect when I saw them grouping together and doing stuff I swear to god there was a little part of me that just kind of that that Joe squealed that oh this is gonna be so much fun I'm dying to play this stuff with you guys with anybody it will be a blast all I know is that I have a feeling that we'll be using my mumble server and we'll be giggling back and forth as we are playing this game because you can't tell me that that does not look like the opening scenes from Diablo 2. Oh, yeah. When you're just getting out of the first town and there's just mayhem to be had. I and, mean, and because they're actually, it's not just going to be a dungeon crawler now. I mean, we're seeing scenes. There's an overworld. Yeah. Outside, there's all manner of, of like, again, different settings that you're looking at. It is. 
it made me think of D3, though not as textured and beautiful and whatnot. But I mean, this looks like a ton of fun to be with. Again, a few guys get together and girls tart and uh, and just play this for hours on end. You know, and this may sound a little bit weird, but I actually prefer the artwork in Torchlight, I think, to the to the um, highly stylized Diablo 3 artwork a little bit. I don't know. I just I really like that cell shaded cartoonish thing because it just fits so well with this type of isometric adventure game. And it just really like just seeing like the the aura around the mobs as you're going through there. It's just awesome. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, not to mention that the the more I don't want to say lighthearted, but the more colorful graphics that you can get with the cell shading really enhances like the spell effects and the overall mayhem that you can have. Like Diablo three looks beautiful, but you know, with there's so much going on at a point it becomes overwhelming. But the more overwhelming the graphics become in Torchlight, the better it is. Yeah, it, and taking into consideration everything that they've said too in terms of um, the new mobs, the new classes, the new quests, the new zones and all Spells. this, it's, this is huge. This is going to be a, a very fun game to play and we may be able to play it on our consoles as well. They're, they haven't said anything definite in terms of Torchlight 2 when it's going to be coming out on consoles, but they have said that they're hoping that Torchlight 1 will be out for um, Xbox Live as well as PSN by the holidays. Now, that's not a firm date, but it, it's on its way. And they didn't make mention that they're hoping to do the same with Torchlight 2 as well. And that is really a game that I can see doing very well. Again, on a console, playing with your buddies, and just having a blast seeing all of this on the big screen. Uh, it, yeah, it seems like a game that, that would work <laughs> great on consoles. A uh, little confused about maybe how the spell selection is going to work, but with the overall art style, like it's, it's a lot like Death Spank, and Death Spank was successful, so it should be perfect fit on consoles. Okay, well, let's I mean, move- I know- Oh, go no, ahead. Go ahead. I was no, going to say no, the no. Big, big screen's kind of a no, big No, it's deal. all right. Go ahead. Anytime. <laughs> I was no, say, okay. I sorry. Are we moving on or are you done? <laughs> <laughs> Owned. Okay. So anyways, what we also heard was some news about the new third birthday. And I'm assuming that this was you as well, Vince, because you're pretty excited about this. What did you actually think about the trailer that played? Well, you see, you're the one bringing in all the the, the the normal stuff, Torchlight and Portal and Guild Wars. And I'm just bringing the bizarre because that's more of what we're seeing with Third Birthday. This is the trailer that we should have seen at E3 because the E3 trailer was like, oh, OK, what? So this one really starts to explain the story of the game. We start to see that uh, the whole body hopping thing is a part of a new overdrive system that the defense forces have created and the reason why Aya Brea is the one that's hopping from the bodies is due to her exposure to the first two games. For whatever reason, she's the only one compatible with this system because we see Earth and Earth is screwed. There's just these plant entities growing all over the place, consuming humanity. We, we're in trouble. So the game, I'm, I'm still a little not not too sold on the gameplay because from looking at it it is a full action shooter not none of the rpg elements from the first one that i loved so much i don't like to talk about the second one but it does look really cool from a story perspective it's at the end of the trailer they're talking about how aya has now had her third birth so we can see you know her actual birth as her first birth and her awakening in the 
first Parasite Eve game as her second birth. So now she's going through some sort of third evolution now and that her she's starting to grasp her destiny in this overall storyline and i love parasite eve i can't wait to get dive back into that universe okay let's actually talk about something that made me very happy now you're talking about i'm just bringing the normal fare and you're bringing the odd and whatnot but i think we can all agree about this one and i'm gonna play the trailer for the folks i just gotta make sure there's no ah the sound turn it off this sucker because Multiplayer Portal 2. Okay, come on. Yes. How can you not be excited about this? Now, I know it's not going to look exactly like this and comical, like these two Bert and Ernie dudes, but this was freaking awesome. <laughs> and working together where you got to, like, I mean, what was cool about Portal, as we all know, was figuring out how am I going to do this with Portal so that, I can make, I can get to my objectives. And some of it was about momentum. And this trailer is all about, you know, getting just enough momentum. But again, it's that working as a team. Give me a vent server so that I can shoot the breeze with either you guys and play this together and just laugh while we're, we're doing it. Oh my God, that would be a blast. Uh, it has me a little worried because a lot of my friends aren't that smart or coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of player griefing. That's all I'm going to say. There's going to be a lot of people that just, like, their friends get on there, so they're like, eh, I could launch him into this spike. Excellent! And just do it. But Guarantee that's going to be what's fun. <laughs> I mean, if now, if they can come up with a mod for this, so it becomes something like a Team Fortress 2 thing, where you can get a whole bunch of people together kind of thing and do team versus team, oh, my God, so much fun. It's not out of the question. I mean, think about it. There's so many team versus team mods for, you know, Half-Life and, and Team Fortress. It, it They'd be stupid not to at some point. Just a huge market that they could do. And that would just be wild. All those portal guns going at once. Mayhem. <laughs> Mayhem. Okay. The next thing we're going to talk about, I actually don't have the site ready for the folks in the audience to look at. But I'm going to be, we're going to be talking some more about this during the uh, the lore portion later on anyways. Um, is, in fact, the Dragon Age 2, which we talked about. They showed us a little bit more information. They showed us some gameplay kind of stuff. They, they There was some um, some people who got to try it out and were given their impressions of how they thought it was in terms of, again, the gameplay and whatnot. And it's something that I wanted to get your opinions on in terms of how you feel about the change. Now, if you were playing it on PC especially, you had a much different feel for Dragon Age than say again mass effect and it it had a way different just feel to it by virtue of the fact that you you could move it around you you had the top down and everything else and it wasn't like playing mass effect now however what we're finding out as people are telling us is it very much is dragon age 2 like playing mass effect 2 kind of game you it's more of an action game than the RPG tactical that the first one was. As you've heard more about this, Joe, what's your thoughts? Honestly, the more I'm hearing about it, I'm actually starting to get a little excited about it. And 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 I understand that I was one of the biggest people like that I was all crying against it. I thought it was a crime against humanity. 
but I'm actually really excited for it. And the reason I'm excited for it is that style of gameplay lends it very well to the type of story that they're telling. And that's what made that's what's making the huge difference to me. The story is being retold. Right. And every time the story gets retold, it gets bigger and grander and it gets more like this myth that's being told about this character. And you're playing through these recollections. Right. So I'm still going to call it Shepherd in time. Don't get me wrong. But. It, it, I'm a lot more comfortable with it because that style of gameplay, that that escalating fishtail, you know, so to speak, lends itself very well to an action-oriented, single-player-focused game. So I'm okay with it. I'm not. I'm not like I was about it. I'll still play. She- I'll, I will play Shepherd in Time, and I will probably enjoy it. <laughs> Vince. Well, from uh, the only one on the show who played the first one on console, I will say, at least from a control and actual gameplay standpoint, it's the right move for the console version because Dragon Age Origins was painful on the consoles. There's really no way around it. Radial menus can go die in a fire, please. (laughs) But uh, it does kind of bother me a little bit, though, that they're going so far away from the core gameplay. Like what we saw going from Mass Effect to Mass Effect 2, it was the same basic idea, just streamlined and threw out a lot of the crap that we didn't need and enhanced what was already there. Whereas for Dragon Age 2, they threw the entire book out the window and redesigned it. And while that's not necessarily a bad thing you know, that they're allowed to do that, it's it's a huge shift that a lot of people, especially the PC players, are really going to have a hard time wrapping their heads around. And... Um... See, the thing is, is that it, it it really bothers me to say this, but I'm sure I'm going to love it. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely certain I'm going to love it. In and of itself, I'll love it. It's going to be in thinking of what it could have been, and one may even arguably say what it should have been, that I'll be disappointed that I'm not getting the opportunity to play it in the same manner as I played Dragon Age 1. Because... Playing Dragon Age 1 was something that was an absolutely phenomenal experience. It's something that everybody talked about when they when the game initially came out. Everybody was talking about it saying they took a, a style of play that we haven't seen for a while. They put just enough new stuff in it to make it seem fresh and vital and something that you can have a blast playing. And you're not seeing enough of that out there right now. But they're just scrapping all of that, all of these wonderful compliments that we made, scrapping all that just so that they can go to the action style, which there's enough action games out right now. Again, it I'm, I'm a hypocrite. I know I'm going to love it. I will. I'll have a blast playing it. But part of me is still going to be disappointed that I'm not able to play this other style. There's Again, there's enough action games out right now. Stick with what worked and what worked very well and well enough to gain, to garner you a crap load of Game of the Year's RPGs of the Year and all that. Well, I can understand that sentiment. I mean, at the same point, the game industry, you have to evolve or die. And while it was still great, the the biggest complaints they had really were the consoles. You know, like Vince said, it the game did not allow itself very well to the consoles. And there are more console gamers than there are PC gamers. I'm sorry. Did there, I forgot where it was. I, I think it was, it might have been GamePro. They did They did an actual, like, you know, just sampling from different areas uh, just in America alone. More console players are available for this type of stuff than there are PC gamers. They'd be stupid not to try to change it to make it more console friendly. It would be a bad business move at that point. Yeah, well, okay. 
if you if we're going to use that logic, then PC games are going to go the way of the dinosaur real fast. They're struggling think, as it is. Yeah, but I know, but I think that what we need is a lot more really good PC games to entice people to play the PC versions. And then you won't have to worry about such things. I mean, I love playing on consoles as well, but I still prefer playing on a good PC. And if you were to offer up your Dragon Age Origin 2 as a different version of play for PC versus the console, then you are offering the people who are going to play it on the console this extra little cookie of you know, what they want, A, and also a, a much more unique play style than just the same old action. Well, you also have to look at it from the other side of the coin, too, whereas how much money are they dumping into what is arguably, well, has the potential to be PC game of the year uh, for next year? They're going to be producing, you know, Star Wars, which is going to be a massive game uh, that PC gamers are going to have, but how much money are they dumping into it? They need to recoup at some point. And yes, they may be making money hand over fist right now, but they're still dumping a lot of that money back into production. Yeah, but so, they've already got the engine for it. I mean, tweak it all you want, but they've already got, they spent all that money developing the engine. Use the damn thing for more than one game. Or they can come back and use it later for the third game, which you know there is inevitably going to be a DA3. Oh, please. You think that they're going to go back to the top-down style for three? After they may, they may very well shortcut for two. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. You Sorry. Know. You're full of crap. You're full of crap. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay, let's move away from that and towards something else that is awesome that we're all waiting for, which we kind of discussed already. We got a little bit more information in regards to Dragon Age 3. There was, in fact, a video that came out that talked Diablo about. 3. What did I say? Dragon Age 3. Did I really? Yes. Yeah. God damn. Did I mention <laughs> I had a couple of drinks? <laughs> <laughs> kind of in a little pain, and it was drink or pills. I chose drink. All right. I may edit this out. A little cookie for the people who are listening live. All right. Diablo 3. So, anyways, one of the things that we got was this artisan uh, video for Diablo 3, which showed us how they're going to be handling, essentially, professions in D3, which was very cool, actually. I'm, I mean, basically, they're just kind of making professions a little bit different and a little bit cooler kind of thing. The, the way they said it, it's going to be taking professions out of your character and leaving it with a an artisan. But, I mean, it's still the same thing. You're still gathering recipes for your artisan. You're still going to be the one getting the resources for them and, and things like that. But it's just different enough that it does make it a little bit of fun kind of thing. And it, I don't know. I found it interesting in terms of watching it level up as well kind of thing and how your artisan is suddenly in a, a much nicer shop and um, and things like that. What did you guys think? I like the fact that they're taking the focus away, so to speak, from... Uh, basically the professions and putting it more on the gameplay so it's not that players are really going to have to worry about an entire new aspect of the game. It's just go to this place and you can do this. It's not I have to worry about leveling it up to a certain thing. So I think that was a smart move on their choice. Uh, a smart move on their part. It was a good choice. I, I personally like it. I like the way they're doing it. I mean, I'm cool with it. Um, I think it makes, a, like I said, a lot of sense uh, taking away from the character. And what it does is allows people who really don't want to deal with it to completely ignore it. Like they, they might not be as powerful per se as someone who has some awesome crafted gear. But if you don't want to take the time, you just want to go and kill stuff, go for it. Have fun. It's not a part of your character. It's a side part of the overall game that you can completely ignore if you want to. 
Yeah. yeah. So it's the less hardcore, an easy way to enjoy the game without having to worry about, well, being hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Again, when they were talking about it, they did make it seem very much like it was going to be very revolutionary. And I know that they're trying to hype their game and sell it and whatnot, but it's it still is basically you're leveling up your profession, just you're doing it for your artisan who's going to be the one that is kind of the 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 dumping ground for all the resources and, and materials and and recipes and different things like that but it was kind of cool now what i also liked was seeing a little bit more of the game through the 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 videos that they were showing of whether it was running around and, and or doing the actual resources or speaking to, to the um the artisan in seeing how the inventory is being handled and the purchasing of equipment, the the UI point blank and things like that, as well as the color palette as well that they made such a big stink about early on, you see that it still does have a very moody, at, at atmospheric feel to the game as well. I, I think it shows a lot about just how much we're all salivating over this game when we basically devoured a four and a half minute video about inventory management. Okay, that's taking it a little far. I don't know about that. The way you said how awesome it was looking at the UI and arranging your inventory. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's all cool. I, okay. I want to see more killing monsters, but I mean, yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, but it's it's we already saw them kill monsters. We've seen them kill plenty of monsters. This is more about again the finer aspects of the game, whether it is the the you know buying your stuff or how you're going to be upgrading your armor or whatnot. And here we've got, as I'm showing here, again your dude and how you're what slots you're going to have and how it's going to um, how it's going to act, how it's going to be in terms of upgrading all of your your um your armor and whatnot like we've gotten a lot of information already in terms of skills and whatnot so it's interesting to see now this other aspect of the game and it is a big aspect of the game by sheer virtue of the fact that it is a game about loot you know how many meth runs that we do <laughs> just for <laughs> loot like i mean my god and know that sucker inside and out because of it and i'm sure that the same thing is going to be happening with this game yeah, no, it's 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 great information and information I'm glad they showed us. I just always think it's hilarious when a game that we're waiting for, we had the same discussion a while back with Tara and their hairstyle video, when they show off this minor aspect of the game that is done incredibly well, and everybody's just like, it's the greatest thing ever. Like, look at the way he, he put his sword on. That was so awesome. I can't wait. It's hilarious watching the fanboys pick apart these videos. <laughs> well, we are fanboy. You're a fanboy. Shut up. Look at he's socketing something. How cool is that? Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that one had 37 armor instead of Oh my god, oh my god. He moved. He moved five feet. Oh my god. Okay, shut up, both of you. Okay. Now with all of that and all of the awesome games that were at Gamescom, um, including some footage that they showed for um the Old Republic. What won the best online game however guild wars 2 now we've gotten a crap load of information about guild wars 2 at this game con i mean a crap load of information for the folks in the audience here you can see how i'm looking through there's there's links galore every site you can imagine is talking about this there were videos that were put out 
We did get some information in terms of the new profession. Now, this was unofficially announced because they haven't yet updated their site with videos and, and the full-blown character page. But the next uh, class has been announced, profession, sorry for them, is the Necromancer. Mm-hmm. which is going to be very awesome. We've gotten some cool information about the next Necromancer 2 in terms of how they're going to be using, again, their, their, um, their, minions. their minions and things like that. So it's it's it never really been my favorite class, though it is fun to play every once in a while. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, though, the videos, their, their trademark videos, to see what is going to be involved in this class. It is a pet class, and it is a class that is going to be um, heavy support and DPS kind of thing. So it's going to be interesting to see what videos they put out for this. I'm really excited about the Necromancer. Uh, I mean, back in EverQuest, I had a little gnome uh, Necromancer, and it was absolutely a blast to play. And I can't wait to see how it shapes up for Guild Wars 2, because I feel I may have found my new profession. Because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, nothing says I love you like a skeleton to the face. <laughs> yeah, I like the mask. That I like. There was actually one of the um, the uh, videos that was out for this showed a lot of in-game footage as well of the Necromancer playing, is when they went to the booth area where the people were allowed to play for a little while, and they showed a guy who was playing a Necromancer. So you got to see the minion beside him, you got to see him playing, but again, you also got to see the interface, you got to see how the characters moved, you got to see the spells and how they, they looked on the screen and things like that the game looked like it had a ton of polish it looked really good i was impressed yeah and and from what they've said it's not even remotely close to release by their standards so seeing what more they could possibly add in is phenomenal yeah Uh, what else did did we hear from guild wars as well they were talking about um the questing they were talking about the persistent events because what they did as well is they released a video which was absolutely astounding (laughs) and we're actually going to talk some more about that on the lore episode that's going to be coming up shortly but they talked a lot about different aspects of the game that's going to be coming out again in terms of the consequences that you're going to have as well as your personal story and how the the phasing is going to occur essentially for them to be able to keep a persistent world based on choices that you've made which was goddamn cool and a lot of things like that. Um, the video also showed a ton of actual gameplay footage with a lot of the um, each of the classes kind of things that they've talked about so far, but also in terms of the classes playing together and what each of them can do kind of together. I'm actually going to find it here while, uh, while you boys are talking, just so that I could show the folks in the audience. Well, yeah, I think that's going to be cool, too, because the spells between players interact with each other. So uh, being able to to start to see uh, some of the choices that are going to pop up is huge. And I can't wait. I want my hands on it now. <laughs> Especially with something like this. You, you can design the game as best you can, but you never know what the community is going to come up with. What sort of bizarre combination some kid in Korea is going to, to figure out. And suddenly it becomes this whole new way to play the game that they never intended. And they, they're, it, it could be even better than the intended experience. It, all of this, all bets are off once the game actually comes out. Well, especially when you consider just how much 
the interaction between players is going to mean. Like one of the things that they were talking about, um, both during this video, the manifesto video, which I'm playing right now, as well as during a lot of the interviews that they've given and whatnot. And there's actually a fantastic Q&A interview that I got to listen to part of that there's, oh, what, there's like a good 20, 30 minutes there where they talk. Um, but one of the really cool things that they were discussing was your, your characters playing together and how it it's going to be how it's going to uh, how the big instances that everybody otherwise in in most other games has to get together get your group and go into these instances instead they're going to be shoving those into the actual world so that anybody will be able to just kind of bounce in and take part in what would otherwise have been potentially the you know, final boss in an instance kind of thing. So it's going to be something where you're really going to be able to have that epic feel with your character and, and a, an epic fighting experience without having to be, a, you know, a raid horror raiding how many nights a week kind of thing. That's one thing I'm a little concerned about, I will say. Um, the idea that anybody can jump in on a boss fight feels very much like Final Fantasy XI, and it was uh, these Ion. these huge uh, Ion these huge these huge camping experiences where you're you're waiting for you know somebody to to this uh, an item to or creature or something to spawn for you to go kill it or get it or obtain it and somebody else bounces in and tags it before you can and you've been sitting there for you know however many hours trying to wait for it it's very similar to like the public quests in Warhammer where you know ever anybody could join you but you know somebody else might you know steal your ranking and get the the special super awesome item so i mean while well, I, I applauded the idea of making it that open i question how successful that will be See, I think that it's going to be different for this one by sheer virtue of the fact that they've made it clear that it's not going to be about stealing mobs. It's going to be about working to together and based on how much you helped defeat said boss, that'll have an impact then on how much loot or whatever it is that you'd be getting. So it's not about somebody can camp and steal more so than it is about working together as a group. Yeah, but right. then that opens up all kinds of avenues for potential griefing. Like it's, if it's based upon, you know, contributions, you know, if you and I need this bot, you know, need this enemy for a quest and it's, you know, our particular level and some, you know, guild full of jerks, you know, at max level comes across and just stomps the thing and is then responsible for most of the kill credit, they would get, you know, the majority of the loot from it. So while it's not going to happen, we don't know. It's, it opens up a lot of unfortunate possibilities. I, I definitely see Joe's side here. It's just it's just a, it's a concern, and because it's not yet implemented, we don't know what's going to happen. So it's 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 one of those things where I would love to see this well done, and I would love to see it work out because the idea of you know my my mage cast the firewall, and then all of a sudden somebody pops in the instant sees the firewall up, and then starts going to town by casting wind through it and causes huge fireballs to go everywhere, and you know they have that sort of that epic feel. I love that. I I crave that. I want that, but. I don't want it at the the risk of saying, well, shit, now I got to go waiting for this thing to spawn again and, well, do it all over again. Because, I mean, that did happen. And, I, I mean, this is just like my my maybe my my foul taste in the mouth left behind from Final Fantasy XI and Warhammer. But it did happen. And these were systems that were supposed to correct that issue. You know, so I, I have hope that they will do it right. And I have hope that it'll be awesome. Uh, I just, I want to see it implemented. I can't wait to see how it works out. 
See, I'm actually more excited, and I have a lot of faith in these guys. It, don't let me down. Okay, you're going to make me look bad. But I've got a lot of faith in them, and I'm very interested because I want a game where I can be fighting a big boss, and when somebody shows up, I'm not panicking that, oh, God, are they going to kill me, or, oh, God, are they going to get... You know, am I going to die and then they'll get the mob because I found it and I want the kill kind of thing. But instead of that, what's going to happen is that I'm going to be excited when somebody else shows up. You know, regardless of whether I know them or not, it's going to be a cool experience to be able to play with somebody else right beside me. That I'm like, yeah, dude, here's some fire. Go to town, have some fun. Whatever it is that you can do with fire, there it is right for you. You know, that kind of mentality where you're really having a lot of fun with Anybody who shows up versus being afraid when they show up. Now, yes, it has to be done properly, and we don't quite know yet whether or not it will be. But, I mean, it's, oh, look at this freaking thing swims by her. That was awesome. <laughs> this video is awesome. I'm going to put it in the show notes so everybody can check it out. But if, if you just want to check it out yourself, it's at guildwars2.com. But yeah, super awesome. We're actually going to be talking a little bit more about Guild Wars 2 as well during the lore edition, which is going to be coming out. So if you haven't downloaded that one, you will want to pick it up. It's going to be show, it's going to be show yet yeah, number 49 on our way to the drunk tank number 50. And with that, we're actually going to wrap up this episode of Bow Down to Us, the games edition. And we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs> That's what she said. Wait a minute. <laughs> that was a joke. I can't hear you. It would mean that I would have oh, to be um, oh. recording on the MacBook, which means we'd have Jeopardy music for the 50th episode. Which is appropriate, <laughs> I think, honestly. Uh, with what we're doing, it's appropriate. You know, it's I'm appropriate, sorry. but it's maddening. I'd rather not have that. <laughs> so if there's a way to do this where it's not maddening, I'm all for that. That was a good one. That was battered fish. That was that's what that was. <laughs> mm. But the roboty dude, I remember him. That was cool. Hey. <laughs> oh, so I, I have something fun to report for you. I um I recently found two model kits for uh, the Star Trek Enterprise NX zero uh, zero one, the first one, and the NCC one seven zero one, and have staged more realistic battles than are available in Star Trek Online. <laughs> oh, how you have come around! Wow, you went from absolute praise to now this. Yeah, I got an idea. <laughs> yes, Ironically, I know, folks, I'm classy. I well, actually, I was just editing the uh, the entry this uh, today that was for the podcast where I'd asked Kiki to draw me a picture of me and Batman's hanging out, and he's like behind me, and it was a surprise butt sex. So yeah, made me think of that. Nothing more painful. Those batarangs, they poke. In fact, it was a little-